what is up, guys? This is definitely not the second take we've had to do this because somebody forgot to hit record. <laughs> Might have been me. Doesn't really matter, but this is the Patty Ball. Here with Sam. What's up, Sam? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. And we have a guest today. First guest on the show, my buddy Sue Hale. What is up, dude? Woo! How you doing, man? Thank you for having me on. Dude, anytime. It's always fun to get more people into these discussions. So, Sam, we'll start with you on this one. Sam, I heard you have some breaking news to break. There is some breaking news across the association this week. First and foremost, the Houston Rockets have found their new head coach, Steven Siles, Silas, excuse me, former assistant in Dallas. He's been an assistant coach for over 20 years in the NBA. He's been grinding it out. He gets the head coaching position. He's somebody who the Clippers were really looking at. Philadelphia was really looking at. He had some attention from across the association, but he landed in Houston. Now, what can he do with that James Harden, Russell Westbrook led tandem? We'll have to see. That could be a really interesting team coming up this next couple of seasons. But I trust that the Rockets know what they're doing. Steven Silas, I think this is a good hire for the Houston Rockets. Okay. Yeah, I think they sure needed a change of scenery. Uh, I'm not really sure what the answer to that is. There have been a lot of different variables, whether it was James Harden himself or Westbrook's addition. How does he fit with him? It's clearly not the same as it was like in OKC where they had KD and they had younger, explosive, dynamite Russell Westbrook. So it'll be interesting to see how this team comes along. I'm sure that he's going to make some moves. Or not him, but their GM's going to make some moves as well. But, uh, yeah, I really want to see if Westbrook can add a three-pointer and make this team a little bit more versatile. But we'll see what their head coach does. See, Suhail, I can answer that question really easily for you. The answer is no. Russell Westbrook cannot add a three-pointer. It's not possible. <laughs> Having watched that guy for so long, he can't do it. It's, it's, beyond, it's out of the question. But – I am very intrigued by this team. I still don't know whether they're going to give it one more season or blow it up. I have no idea what, what's going on in Houston right now with all that turnover. But exciting either way. Speaking of Houston, Daryl Morey, former Houston GM, who I am a big fan of, just got hired by the 76ers. I want to know, what do you guys think of this hire? Whichever one of you wants to go first, Sam, Suhail. Okay, Suhail, you got it. I think Daryl Morey was huge for Houston for that entire culture, getting a lot of those small players together on that team. I didn't realize like how long he was with them. Like I was hearing that like apparently he was with them since like the Yao Ming era, which I'm not sure, but I think that's true. So those are obviously some huge players. He's he's created a lot of, I guess like some phenomenal teams. <clears throat> but I'm definitely curious to see uh, how he fits in Philadelphia. I think they for sure need to go one more season at least with the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid tandem that they got um people are saying like blow it up or trade mb trade simmons if i had to trade any of them it would be mb just because of the injury worries uh but even though simmons has had some himself but i do think that team has proven themselves enough they just really need to fix the surrounding players um obviously horford didn't fit as well as they thought so i'm interested to see what maury does i hopefully he finds more gems and six men and they definitely need a stronger bench anyway but uh a curious thought real quick. They were saying that there was this crazy thought of trading James Harden potentially to the Sixers or an even crazier scenario, the Brooklyn Nets. Just some, some scenarios they're putting out there. And it's crazy because the Nets actually have enough assets. I don't think the Rockets would ever do it, but the Nets do have enough assets, in my opinion, at least to make that trade. What are you guys thinking about that? And uh, obviously the more news. Well, look, James Harden is one of these guys in the NBA who has enough pull that basically wherever he wants to go, he could end up going. 
whether that means he wants to stay in Houston, he wants to go to Philadelphia, he wants to go to Brooklyn, those are all open possibilities for him because he's the type of guy that can command something like that and make it happen. Now, if I had to pick one of those, I do believe he would prefer to go to a place like Philadelphia where he could be the number one guy. I think James Harden likes to be the number one guy. He likes to be the number one option. And I think a spot like Brooklyn, you got to play around Kyrie Irving, who's going to be ball handling the entire time. you got to play around Kevin Durant, who's going to be the leading force on offense. When I look at those scenarios, I really do think that Philadelphia is more likely, even though I do believe that he will give Steven Siles a chance. He will give the Rockets at least until uh, the trade deadline to be able to kind of figure out if what they're doing is working. No, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I. If it was up to me, I'd want him to go to Philly, and I would want to swap Ben Simmons for James Harden. I mean, there'd probably be more pieces involved in that. I myself do not like the Ben Simmons Embiid pairing. I just, it just doesn't work. And I would love that uh, James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and roll would just be something to behold, and that would just be insane. But I mean, it all depends on what Houston is going to do. I really like the Maury hire, first of all, but I think he's going to do something. I think they're going to get rid of Al Horford somehow. I've heard that Chris Paul might be in the running to go to Philly some places too, which would be cool to see. I'm a big Chris Paul, Chris Paul guy as well, but I I would honestly rather see Harden go to Philly. I think he'd fit really well in there. He could slide in. He fixes their need for shooting. He could fit in well, even if they just somehow keep Simmons. I don't know how they could keep Simmons and MB if they get James Harden. I feel like they'd have to give up one of those, but it would it would be something to see. That's for sure. I I would be very excited. Um. I don't think he himself would request the trade, but I do think it would be interesting for the Rockets to see if, like, if you do trade Harden, could you just get back and ins- kind of like the OKC trade with Paul George, how they got back shy and a bunch of picks and stuff. Like, I could clearly see like the Rockets making that trade and filling all their their like gaps and you know like get a point guard, get a shooting guard, get a small forward. But I just don't think that when you have a star that big, you should you know trade him immediately. You should hold on to him as long as you can, especially since he wants to be in Houston. No, yeah, and I think um, something to think about would be that Philadelphia might be kind of wary of giving up all their picks necessarily because the move for the Clippers hasn't necessarily worked out to its full potential right now as they had a disappointing season, which we'll get to later. But I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And there was some other coaching news we are going to get to. I'm blanking. Was it the Nets? The Nets. It was the the Nets's. Uh, coaching staff so <clears throat> they had added Amari Stoudemire to their assistant coach as well as Mike D'Antoni which is really surprising because that reunites that uh, I think it was called the 10 second and under or 9 second and under Phoenix Suns of the mid 2000s which is led by Mike D'Antoni as their coach Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire obviously that team had a lot of really good young players uh, they were kind of the first people to to populate the um, super fast offensive uh team kind of like the the chino hills lamello jello zoe uh, offense but um yeah thoughts on that i mean it's pretty crazy to think some of these relationships of like assistant coaches to coaches have been interesting so you'll see like i think luke walton kind of had that aspect to him with uh when he was coaching the lakers and some other teams and then now it's just like steve nash's coach is going to be his steve nash's coach from his his prime is going to be his assistant coach now uh, so that's going to be really interesting to see. Oh, another example is Byron Scott, who played with Kobe for one season, ended up coaching Kobe toward the end of his career. So uh, I don't know. I've seen a lot of those relationships. What do you guys think about this particular move? All right, look, Steve Nash is a really smart dude. He made a really smart decision right here. 
Mike D'Antoni is an NBA coach that has so much experience, not just coaching on the basketball floor, but managing personalities, understanding personnel, being able just to give and teach the ins and outs of the game. Coaching is a whole lot more than just sitting there and saying, look at, hey, this is what we're going to do on game day. It's a day in and day out type of ordeal. And I think the reason Steve Nash brings in a guy like Mike D'Antoni, it's to be able to teach him that. It's a first time head coaching position for Nash. He's brand new to this. Obviously, he's got a great basketball IQ, but what D'Antoni brings, D'Antoni brings the day in and day out. D'Antoni's going to be a de facto head coach for, I feel, a lot of the not-so-much game-time moves or decisions. What happens, though, is that you're going to have a guy like Steve Nash who's going to be able to be there, be the face, be the front of the organization, be able to talk to these guys, and he's somebody who all the players respect. D'Antoni is somebody who Nash can turn to and say, hey, I don't understand this or I need help with this. What's going on? And that's why you bring in D'Antoni. That's why you bring in a smart, educated basketball mind who can be able to help out to be able to do everything that Nash can't. He is the body. He is the mind that is going to be able to help orchestrate things from behind the scenes there in Brooklyn. It's a fantastic move for the Nets. No, yeah, I, uh, I, am, I am very hyped about this move. I like this coaching staff. This might be one of the stronger coaching staffs in the NBA in terms of just pure basketball experience, basketball intelligence. You, I'm, I was surprised they got D'Antoni as an assistant coach. I was I thought he was going to get a head coaching job somewhere with all the experience he's had. But I I think this this raises Brooklyn's ceiling a little bit when you got this strong coaching staff to help out an already talented roster. It uh it makes for an exciting year for the Brooklyn Nets fans. I know Sam is a big Brooklyn Nets fan, so this must Huge. be good for you, Sam. No, I think the I think the Brooklyn Nets are always a, are a fun team because they seem to be a team that historically has tried things. Even if it hasn't worked, they went out and they got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Gerald Wallace and they tried. They might not have it might not have worked, but they've tried. And I think that this trying is something that's been interesting historically. Because of that, I think they're a fun team to kind of keep a keep an eye on. And it's interesting too, like this Nets team. <clears throat> first of all, the Lakers last year, um, obviously biased as a fan, but they had Jason Kidd on, as their assistant coach, Lionel Hollins as an assistant coach. I mean, they had like a really um, stacked assistant, like a coaching staff on top of Frank Vogel. Not to mention LeBron, who everyone's always joking is like quote unquote the real coach. Um, <clears throat> but the Nets, like right now, are really making moves. Like they've got these assistant coaches. They have enough assets, in my opinion, to get a third star. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what the Nets can do this next season, uh, whether they go after Oladipo, Levine, Beal, Harden, whoever the hell it is. But uh, I'll be curious to see what they're doing. No, yeah, should be should make for a fun season in Brooklyn. But let's get into some uh, some season grades. So, Hale, I think you're first up on our alphabetical mm-hmm. list with the Houston Rockets. What? It, tell me about their season. Tell us. Yeah, the Houston Rockets, in my opinion, are like one of those teams. And there's another team on my list that kind of reminds me of this, where year after year they're making all these tweaks and they're working as hard as possible to like try and reach the finals or try to get a championship ring. And it like seems like it never happens for them. Like they never can just get this win. I felt like the Raptors were that kind of team for a long time. And then they kind of got lucky with Clay and KD getting injured in the finals because that team obviously is super strong. And uh, But they deserved it. They deserved the win. So now I'm kind of curious to see what the Rockets will do from here on out. But they had a pretty strong season. Um, The Westbrook, I guess, move didn't go as well as they wanted. It's crazy to see how well CP3 was playing on, you know, OKC. He had a phenomenal season, was an all-star at, what is he, like 35? Um, So, I mean, that was really impressive. Probably, you know, kind of worrisome for them. I don't know. If a C-plus is like an average grade, 
I want to give it like a slightly below average, like maybe like a C, because I do think that they finally made the moves that might give them, you know, leverage or, uh, or you know, a potential new chance. But for this past season in itself, I'm, I'm going to give them a C because I felt like they just continue to fall short of expectations. That was a team at the very least could have reached the Western Conference Finals, but the Nuggets out of nowhere kind of – I mean, not really out of nowhere, but they came and they kind of stole their spot there, um, obviously with how the playoffs played off. They played the Lakers in the second round. But, um, you know, it, it is disappointing. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. Do they finally get a big man? How do, how do they uh, switch the team and build around James Harden? So, wait a minute. You're giving a team that finished fourth in the West and yeah. with a well above 500 record a C grade? Well, let me explain that. It's not if, – if it was like a team like the Chicago Bulls, right – that's like an A-plus season. The reason I'm giving them a C is because I think their goal has been, in the past five years, a championship contention, and it just feels like they keep falling short of it. I'm uh, That's just me with my bizarrely high standards. I'm not saying that they had a bad season as a team. As a team, they had a great season. But I do think that team is kind of disappointed with continuing to fall in the second round, third round. Obviously, you know, they faced Golden State in the past, some incredibly good teams. But I do think that they're – comes a point where especially now you're seeing them explode the seam a little bit get some new coaching and stuff that they're getting frustrated with you know not making it to the finals at the very least sam you look a little confused i i totally agree with the grade first of all i think it's good i i i the way i grade these teams is based on expectations coming in and whether they deserve yeah. to hit those but i don't know it if you're just like tired sam <laughs> Fine, oh. it's an A. Okay, Sam. All right. As, speaking of Sam, it's your turn, Sam. You can share your thoughts on the Indiana Pacers. Can I hear his thoughts on the Rockets first, though? I'm actually yeah, I, I'm curious I, what he has to say. I, 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 the Rockets Rockets a, uh, I personally would have given the Rockets a very similar grade that I'm going to give the Indiana Pacers. Now, I'll explain once I, get to the, once I get to the end here. The Pacers are a team that went 45-28. and 28. They finished second in the Central Division, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Right, they went out in the first round of the Eastern Conference Finals, but I have a hard time—not Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Playoffs. I have a hard time holding that against them, though, because they did run into an absolute buzzsaw in the Miami Heat. Nobody was going to knock off the Heat this year, besides the Lakers. Their leading scorer on the season, T.J. Ward, what he did in the bubble definitely helped elevate him to that level. But he scored 19.8 points a game. Their leading rebounder was their lone All Star, Demontis Sabonis, 12.4 rebounds a game. And their leading assist man was Mike, was Malcolm Brogdon with 7.1. The Pacers were a really solid regular season team. T.J. Warren was absolutely electric at times in the bubble. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, they ran into Miami really early. But considering that this team is usually led by Victor Oladipo, and he didn't play a large portion of the season and never really looked like himself even when he did come back, I have a very hard time holding a lot of what happened this year against him. It's a team that I'm going to give a B- to. They're a team that was solid they met probably normal expectations they ended up firing their head coach because they weren't able to get out of the first round again even though I think it might have been slightly hasty they did what they thought they needed to do which is all you can expect of an NBA franchise I would have probably given the Rockets a similar B minus maybe a B grade because they did yank it to the second round of the playoffs that is something that only eight teams in the league are supposed to do if I'm rating the NBA teams like I would rate a classroom which is the way I kind of look at it they still were able to put up better-than-average numbers. They were able to put up a better-than-average finish in the NBA playoffs. So I'd break probably those two teams around the same. Indiana Pacers, you get a B-. I understand that there were some things that weren't able to quite work out your way. 
I'm expecting more in the coming seasons. You've got a young nucleus. I need you to do something with it. That grade could drop off next year if you don't see improvement. But that being said, B- from the Indiana Pacers. See, for that, right, you said um, I have higher expectations for next season. I think that's kind of how I felt with the Rockets. Like, I think every year the expectations were getting higher and higher, and you were kind of thinking, okay, eventually this team's going to bounce back and try to get a title. Obviously, easier said than done, especially when you're facing the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, all these tough teams. Um, but I actually agree with you on the Pacers grade. I actually even think I would give it a, a higher grade for the Pacers because you've got Brogdon kind of coming in a shell. Sabonis is becoming an all-star. You've got these great trade pieces in Oladipo and Turner. You can potentially keep them. TJ Warren breaking out. So you've got this great team, and I actually think they beat expectations. Like the Pacers aren't, in my opinion, a team that's going to stand out, uh, especially you know when you got the 76ers, the Raptors, the Celtics, the, uh, the Bucks, the Heat, all these teams – uh, th that's like a team that for them to finish fourth, I think beat their expectation. But the Rockets, they did phenomenal, obviously, the made it to the second round. But I do think that there's like an element of frustration there uh, with their ownership and coaching where they just they want to make it to at least the finals and get a chance to compete at the highest stage. Patrick, oh, yeah. you up next, me? who you got? Me? Yes, okay, you. I can do it. I got the L.A. Clippers right now. This is going to be a fun one. I've already been uh, – I've, I've made it vocal on the show that I did not enjoy their head coach, Doc Rivers, and I think he's a little overhyped. But I've already ranted about that for 10 minutes. I don't need to talk about Doc Rivers right now. This is a team that finished second in the West, which is where they're supposed to be, second in offensive rating, fifth in defensive rating, pretty solid. There was a lot of good stuff in the regular season I liked for this team. This, this team had a strong big four, I would say, Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will, and Trez, and they had a bunch of really good surrounding pieces, even though I, Paul George only averaged about 21, but he shot it well, 43% from the field, 41% from three. I was, I, that, was, that was better than his playoff performance, let's just say that. But this is a very deep team, a lot of strong star play throughout the, the regular season, and then you get to the playoffs. You get to – this team did go 7-3 and three in their first 10 playoff games, mm -hmm. and I uh, – a lot of that is just because of Kawhi Leonard. I'm just going to say that. Paul George played like absolute garbage, which was, I mean, a, with some, somebody who gives themselves a nickname Playoff P should not be doing that. Like, dude, uh, you can't give yourself the name Playoff P if you play like that. Even against not necessarily a strong defensive team in Dallas. Not a very good defensive team. But still 7-3. They were up 3-1 on the Denver Nuggets. And then, then they didn't They didn't even make it to the conference finals. And this is a team that had double-digit leads in every closeout game and couldn't do it. And this was a team that I had very high expectations for. The entire league had very high expectations for. Everybody and their mother had very high expectations for this team. And they didn't even get to the conference finals, which was supposed to be the minimum. There were supposed to be at least Lakers-Clippers conference finals matchup. And everybody had been like, okay, you know, at least they made it to the conference finals. That's something. But they didn't even do that. They didn't even do that. And chemistry was just a clear issue for this team all season long. And it just plagued them in big moments. And I that's why I it's really hard for me to give this team a good grade, even though they finished second in the West, even though they played really well for large portions of the season and the playoffs at times. I'm still going to have to give them somewhere in the B-C-plus range just because of their expectations are way up here and they couldn't even get out of the conference semis. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm no no disrespect to Denver. Jamal Murray is on a tear. Jokic is awesome, but you're supposed to beat that team. You're supposed to beat that team. You're up three one. You have double digit leads in 
every closeout game. You can't close out. That's I can't give them higher than a B minus right now. But and you know, it's you know, it's crazy too. Is like the problem kind of with what with what I said with Houston earlier. It's like they where do you go next year? Like, what do you fix? I mean, obviously you can add like a better point guard. There were reports that apparently Kawhi was like frustrated with Beverly. <laughs> He's like, give me like a real point guard. So now Rondo's apparently going there. But uh, the thing that's frustrating, like with that team is like, where do you go? How do you get better? Like with Denver, you, you still have Bull Bull. You still have Michael Porter Jr. These guys haven't developed. Jamal and, and, and Nikola Jokic are still figuring their thing out. They have assets, they have picks. So like that team, you know, there's like so much like, leeway there's so much like room to expand the the clippers it's like you spent all this money and you put this huge effort forward to bring this team together and then you just didn't it was just a matter of like chemistry and like not getting the job finished you know it's like the lakers montreal season job's not done job's not done and they didn't they didn't follow it and they got ahead of themselves and lost so it was unfortunate and i think going back to what you said earlier with expectations like they they went below their ex- they went below expectations. Had a great season, you know, especially great for you know a Clippers fan. But just that finish and how sloppy and the ten point I mean ten point lead in like three games is unfathomable un- unfathomable. So it is what it is. No, yeah, it was not a great year for them. But so Hale, you're actually up next. You got the Lakers. I mean, cool. there's, what are you gonna Lakers? Yeah, I got my little uh, championship towel right here, o- overpriced championship towel. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lakers has been interesting. So, obviously, it was a crazy season. This whole season was, like, literally, like, a year long when you think about it with the pandemic and stuff. Uh, I thought we had a great season, obviously, a championship. I mean, it seems like a championship season would be an A-plus. I think the only thing holding me back was uh, this team. I mean, it was such, like, a roller coaster the entire season. I mean, we had, like, earlier in the year we were roasting – Contavious Caldwell Pope and like certain players on team for not being able to to execute and shoot and all that. Then toward the end of the season, it was Danny Cre- Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. Um, but this team persevered. They went through Kobe. They went through pandemic. They went through everything that was going down. Uh, showed up in the playoffs. Ronda was another player they were roasting earlier in the season. All these guys showed up in the playoffs. I mean, they had some tough spots here and there, but they really dominated, came together. And like I said, they kept that mantra of jobs not finished. So I would give their season an A, obviously. I was really happy really happy to see, you know, a championship in Los Angeles. But um, I am curious about the offseason, what happens to KCP, what happens to Rondo. I have huge trust in Palenka. I mean, he's such an incredible GM. Uh, really just a, like a feisty kind of killer mentality, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see what they do next year. Uh, but, you know, championship season, that's an A. Uh, it's frustrating though, that people keep asterisk on the ring. The competition wasn't difficult, all this stuff, but uh, hopefully they get a chance to prove themselves uh, next year and bounce back for another bro, championship. How are you not going to give them an A plus, bro? What is an A plus to you if a championship wish, is not opinion, A plus? I think I think it's worse than A plus. My frustration is like I I think I'm compa- again I think I'm comparing them to what I saw the team being. It's just like those couple of players that didn't do as well as I thought those inconsistencies give me a little worried but I think I think they still did incredible yeah I would give them an A plus honestly but uh but yeah okay okay I was just gonna say yeah I don't know what an A plus is in your book if it's hey, I'm, just, I'm, I'm hard I'm hard on my guys you know I love them I'm hard on my guys but no I get that but Sam you're up buddy the Memphis Grizzlies this was a really interesting team all year. Finished with a record of 34 and 39, third in the Southwest Division, ninth in the Western Conference. Didn't make the playoffs. Just kind of missed out due to Portland. Rocking the Lillard jersey right here for Halloween. 
14th in offense, 21st in defense. John Morant was their leading scorer and leading assist man, 17.8 points a game, 7.3 assists per game. Jonas Valanciunas, 11.3 rebounds per game. No All-Stars on this team, although expect that to change next season. I can totally see John Morant doing that. Look at this is a team that looked like they could definitely compete in the playoffs at times this year. They have a great young nucleus. They could be a problem for years to come. John Moran is the rookie of the year for a reason. This dude is an absolute stud. The only thing that concerns me about him is because how athletic he is and how much he relies on that. I fear, and hear me out on this, I fear that due to the way that he likes to land off jumps, the way that he likes to contort his body in the air, I just want him to stay healthy. Just stay healthy, John Morant. That's the only thing I have to say to him. This team gets a C grade from me. They looked like a playoff team at times. They looked like a really bad team at times. They just score somewhere in the middle. C for the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. I respect Actually, that. I was going to give them an A- because I was like, they surpassed my expectations. They they really got this team going, you know. <laughs> but uh, I see I see where, like, how you're ranking it and how I'm ranking it. But uh, I thought that they really did well and, and – uh, kind of like showed like a pathway to progression and coming back next season with, with Morant and Brandon Clark and all those guys. Did they make the playoffs? Yeah. What, Sam? Did they make the playoffs? They didn't. Well, they they didn't. made the play-in. They made the play-in, Sam. They made the play-in. Play play that doesn't sound like the playoffs. <laughs> they made the plans. <laughs> okay. But no, they, they okay. got like – like to me, obviously the Clippers can make a lot of huge adjustments, but like I just see a pathway to progression for, for the – the Grizzlies almost more clearly than I see for the Clippers. Like, obviously that's, you know, the Clippers are in a lot better shape, but uh, like, I wouldn't be, su- I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies didn't make the playoffs next year. So that is going to be the expectation playoff making. So no. Yeah. I totally agree. I think and a really good point about John Moran with the athleticism, but I guess it is my turn. Now I have a, I don't know if I have the Miami heat, uh, this should be a pretty easy one. Uh, I can. I'm just gonna say it right now. I can't even give them anything but an A plus right now. I don't care if they didn't win a title. I don't care. This is a team that finished fifth in the East and seventh in offense, eleventh in defense. Uh, solid team in the regular season. Relied a lot on their home court right now, or in, not right now in the regular season. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, this was a team that had a phenomenal home record. wasn't really uh, what's the word? A good road team, I guess. But entering the playoffs, this was a team that was a really trendy upset pick for Miami. I didn't buy it, and I look like a fool. Um, they did insane. They just surpassed every expectation anyone had for this team. This is a team that made it to the finals and took and beat the Lakers more times than anybody did in the playoffs, and they were injured too. Jimmy Buckets, Sam has already ranted about Jimmy Buckets quite a bit. Sam really likes Jimmy Buckets. I like Jimmy Buckets. Who doesn't like Jimmy Buckets? The media didn't up until this year, but that's a whole other story. Um, they took it to a whole other level in the playoffs, and it was, seemed like every game there was a new guy that would step up for this team. Guys like Duncan Robinson, a.k.a. Sheen from Jimmy Neutron, um, Tyler Hero, Adebayo, Dragic was actually their leading scorer up before the finals. I, that might have changed, but this was an excellent playoff run from this team. I I will say it might might have shaken out a little differently if they were not in the bubble because they were not a great road team and that might have carried over in a regular setting. But I'm not putting an asterisk on it by any means. I'm just I'm just stating that I felt that way. The Denver Nuggets might not have played as well if this wasn't a bubble, but 
it's just the atmosphere. And they came to play in this atmosphere. They played really well, and they were easily surprised the playoffs. So I cannot give them anything but an A plus right now. A plus for sure. They surpassed all expectations. The thing that's really impress- impressive: two of those guys were drafted this year, uh, undrafted from this past draft. Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. So for them to get that kind of talent undrafted and just create a culture of just like an absolute dog mentality, like not not like backing down from anyone or anything, super impressive. That that should be like the blueprint for every team. Like find those guys that are absolute dogs that have that Mamba mentality, that work ethic, that are really hungry and want to grind and like create a culture. That's like the biggest thing because that team came together. Butler led them. I mean, that, Butler was kind of like at the beginning of the year, they're only – true star and then everyone else sort of emerged like Adebayo really made himself seen hero established himself as you know their guy uh, fresh out of college 20 years old I mean unbelievable and then everyone else on the team really came together Dragic played well great bench great versatility so I'm excited with what they're going to do in the future no yeah there's a lot to look forward to if you're a Miami Heat fan but Suhail you're actually up your last team of the day Milwaukee Bucks talk bring us through it I would give the Milwaukee Bucks uh, a B plus. I think they had an incredible team. Uh, I thought in my eyes, again, like the standard for them was championship. You know, it's been like season after season trying to get to the championship. You've got so little time left on Giannis. I mean, now the trade rumors are going left and right are swirling. Like, what are you going to do with him? It's kind of crazy to think like Giannis has been on that team for seven years now. I mean, he got drafted in 13 and he's hitting the point where he can become a free agent sooner or later. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I would give them a B plus. I think they have an, a lot of incredible pieces. They've got the main star. They've got kind of like a good side star in uh, Chris Middleton, though he hasn't maybe been as consistent as, you know, someone on another team like a, like a CJ McCollum or a Clay Thompson or whoever the hell it is. Uh, but he is a phenomenal player. He's worth all praise that uh, he gets. But they got Bledsoe. They got Brooke Lopez. They've got like this great like core but it just depends, like, who are you going to get now? Like, what, what's the tweak that you're going to make? It's the same thing that I mentioned with the Rockets. Like, how do you go up from here? What, how do you get to a championship next year? And uh, CP3 has been a name that's been pulled up. So excited with what they're going to do. They had a great season, but uh, the bubble with Miami obviously was a disappointing situation for them. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, there's going to be a lot of really good teams next year, especially out of the East. I mean, I'm thinking, like, I'm counting in my head, like, five, six potentially, like, really solid teams. Uh, and they're going to be one of them. So excited with what they're going to do. I think that if the first half of the season doesn't go well for some reason, they might try and make a move on Giannis. But I think they might just hold on to him till the end, you know, and risk it. But, uh, yeah, I would give him a B plus. Um, great season, but didn't just quite get to that, you know, championship. They didn't even make the finals or the Eastern Conference finals. So that's a big, you know, asterisk, quote, unquote. That's the word being used. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing season from them. But, Sam, uh, you, the team you're you're going to talk about next has a pretty hot season, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Can you dive into that? Well, let's just say when I wrote my review for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the very first ro- word I wrote was, oof, just, oh. <laughs> That's the very first thing I wrote. The Minnesota Timberwolves, record of 19-45, and 45, finished fifth in the Northwest Division, division 14th plus. in the Western <laughs> Conference, no playoffs, 12th in offense, 28th in defense, their leading scorer was Carl Anthony Towns, 26.5 points a game, 10.8 rebounds from him as well. And only 12 games as a member of the of the team. D'Angelo Russell had 6.6 assists. No, they had no All-Stars. Look it. They let Russell go to the Warriors. Carl Anthony Towns can only carry so much. There's not a whole lot to say about this team because they didn't do a whole lot this year. 
There's no direction. They aren't a good team. They don't even have a plan. They've got the first overall pick. Hopefully they're smart enough to actually use that on somebody who can benefit their team. We'll see if that can even happen. Can they turn it around at the draft? Maybe. But we've said that about Minnesota before. I feel like we're going to keep saying that about Minnesota again. Minnesota has very, very rarely ever been a legitimate team. I have a hard time seeing that starting now. I think I think from a playing standpoint, they didn't do as well, obviously, as anyone was anticipating. I mean, they didn't do well at all. But I think they pulled off a really good trade for Russell, uh, who's friends with Carl Anthony Towns. So you keep your main guy. You get rid of Andrew Wiggins' big-ass contract. You get D'Angelo Russell to pair with him. Those two are friends. They mentioned in an, mentioned in an interview that one day D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and their other friend Devin Booker would like to play together. So you kind of potentially open that door. And now you have the first round pick, the first overall pick to potentially get, it seems like Anthony Edwards, who I just saw in the pro day, uh, the clutch pro day, seemed to be really professional, seemed to be really like hungry, ready to play somewhere, make an impact. So now you're potentially creating this big three. So even though they had absolutely no, you know, hope this past season, I'm excited to see what they do next year and see what kind of team they establish. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough if the rest of the team isn't good or if the culture isn't, you know, they've got, as good as a team like the Heat. They've definitely got potential to do something. And as I said, they do get Russell from the Warriors. That's something. That's the reason why I ended up giving them a D- minus and not an F is because yeah. they did at least show that they were trying to do something at some point and make something happen. This yeah. draft is going to be huge for this organization, though. If they can get an Anthony Edwards, which I know we'll get to our mock draft here in a couple of weeks, but I do believe that's a decision that they should at least make, they could have something. Could is the key word. It's a D minus though. Patrick, I believe you're next up, and I believe that the team you have is the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans. Yes, yes. Uh, this is a team that actually finished 13th in the West. I was kind of surprised when I read that. I didn't really comprehend that they were at the bottom of the bubble standings. Uh, 13th or 17th in offense, 19th in defense. This is a team that was without their most polarizing player in uh, Zion Williamson in in for most of their season and they were playing they were making noise before the covid shut down they were making a playoff push they were 10th in the standings entering the bubble they had a very easy schedule so everybody was really they were a trendy pick to make that playing game and then they just didn't show up the team that we saw at the end of the season before the covid layoff was completely different to the one that came out there in the uh the bubble and one of the mo- like it's just the, even their first game in the bubble was just really just kind of descriptive of their whole experience they were in a close game with utah jazz and uh, alvin gentry decides not to play uh, zion williamson for the last five minutes and they lose a close game and i don't know why you do that it's just kind of describe what happened in the bubble there was just a lot of stuff that i was like this is not what you should be doing this is not the team i've seen this is not the team that i've loved watching uh, I'd have to give him a C, honestly. It was I really liked the flashes they showed. Brandon Ingram's a solid piece. Zion Williamson, obviously, he already gets talked about enough. I don't need to say a lot on him. Uh, you got guys like my boy Lonzo Ball here. Big, big ball fan. Um, I don't know if he's going to turn out to be an elite scorer ever or a competent scorer ever or competent shooter, but he could. Um, I'd give this team a C. There was a lot to like in terms of young talent, but... Not a lot of that translated to the floor. I think this next season's a big one for them. Um, they're going to have quite a few big seasons. I think they got to make the playoffs this next year. It's going to be hard in a loaded West, but yeah, see. That's I'm excited that. to see what they do. I think Lonzo obviously has got incredible talent to pass and distribute the ball, and that's great for a team like that where you have Ingram, you have Zion, you got 
you know, it looks like they're going to trade Drew Holiday so you can get someone returned there. But uh, I think that hopefully, you know, he did, he played really bad in the bubble. So his defense can come back next year, his d- distribution, and then Zion just be, you know, he showed that incredible um, flash during that Spurs game where he hit four three-pointers earlier in the year. So, uh, and Brandon Ingram, who I was nervous about with the blood clots um, last season, you know, being the most improved player was huge. So hopefully that team really finds their identity and, and keeps walling. They got Jackson Hayes, Derek Favors, all these guys. So curious to see what they do, but I really like that team going forward. No, yeah, there's a lot to like there. Sam, you got the, you got the bonus team. I gave you the bonus team because you really expressed how much you want to talk about this team. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you introduce it, Sam. Last team of the night, or the day, it's... We are closing the show out today talking about the absolute embarrassment from Manhattan. We are talking about the New York Knicks with a record (laughs) of 21 and 45, fifth in the Atlantic Division, 12th in the East. That should tell you all you need to know about the Eastern Conference that the Knicks actually finished above three other teams. No playoffs because when was the last time the Knicks made the playoffs? Carmelo Anthony, and that's when he was dragging that team there single-handedly. 29th in offense because, of course, they are. 18th in defense makes sense. Y'all, do you want to know how bad the Knicks were this year? I said, do you want to know how bad the Knicks were this year? Their leading scorer was Marcus Morris. 19.6 points a game. That was before being traded to the Clippers. Leading rebounder, De- leading re- rebounder was Russell was Randall, excuse me, Julius Randall, 19.9.7 a game. Leader in assists, also Julius Randall. He was their leader in assists with 3.1 a game. Do you think they had any all stars? Yeah. For those just listening, I'm shaking my head. No. Oh, no, sorry. they did not have any all stars. Nobody on this team is worthy of an all star bid. This is arguably the worst organization in North American sports, let alone basketball. I'm talking basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Throw the MLS in there for all I care. One of the worst-run organizations in all of sports. Zero direction, zero ideas, zero hope. You could ask a Knicks fan what they think, and they're just going to give you a little finger to the head, a little finger to the head just like this. That's all they would tell you. Knicks fans know there's no hope. This team is an F. This team deserves nothing better than an F, and this team deserves nothing better than an F for years to come unless they're somehow able to make something happen in the draft. And I can tell you from what I know of the Knicks, the scariest words to a Knicks fans are and the new york knicks select this team is hot (laughs) garbage this team is steaming pile of you know what they are an awful organization they deserve nothing better it's an f for the new york knickerbockers sam i'm gonna have to disagree with you on something really fast so you said if you asked your new york knicks fan how their team would do i don't think they would put a finger in their head i think they would just say i don't watch basketball or just deny the fact they're a new york knicks fan yeah i actually uh I don't have an NBA team. I'm just a casual. While fan. they're wearing a jersey, yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm curious. I mean, they have two promising pieces on that team. They got RJ Barrett, they got Mitchell Robinson, and then they have a bunch of picks. The rest of the team, I mean, that like that Porzingis trade panned out so horribly because they didn't get any like they didn't get any free agents, you know, for in exchange for that cap space. One and two, they you know Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't the guy that they thought. DeAndre Jordan went to the Brooklyn Nets to join KD, and also who was the other guy they had? There was someone else in that trade that they got who also didn't pan out. Nidikina is playing bad. I mean, like that team is yeah, it's it's kind of exactly what Sam said. I can't say it any better, but uh, 
at least they have those two pieces. I'm curious to see if they can draft someone in the draft, uh, Halliburton or Okoro or any of these guards or guys uh, to kind of pair up with, you know, Barrett or anyone else on that team. I don't even like, I don't even know the direction for that team. I haven't watched enough mixed basketball, and, you know. Well, hopefully they have something, you know. But, yeah. I'll tell you, the direction of that team is straight down the drain. If there was relegation in the NBA, it would be for the New York Knicks. Bring up the 905 Raptors. Bring those guys into the NBA. Put down the Knicks. It's, oh, Knicks basketball is an embarrassment. Knicks basketball is a joke. I don't care what Knicks fan hears this. They're going to agree with me. I really don't want to see like I want to see that franchise get saved. Like I want to see them find their LeBron. Like find like whether they get Imani Bates down the line or whoever it is. Like that one guy that just comes out of the ashes and saves that team. But uh, they've got two pieces at the very least. Like I'm sure that there are other teams on this list where you can't even say that. You know, and I, I was surprised to see that they finished 12th. You know, like who do the Pistons have? They got like Blake Griffin. You know, who's good? And they've got you know, I don't even know. Like who else do they even have that's like. Blake Griffin's not even like a long-term piece. Like he's he's kind of like at the tail end of his career. So at least they have something, but they really screwed themselves over with that Porzingis trade. You know, didn't get Zion, didn't get any free agents. Um, but hopefully, some t- some player comes there eventually and helps them out. But yeah, I will have to disagree with you guys one more time right here. Uh, you guys say the Knicks don't have a future star. What about Kenny Wooten? Are you forgetting about hey, Kenny Wooten? Go Ducks, go Ducks, go Ducks. I mean, Damian Dotson. You remember Damian Dotson from eight both. years ago? <laughs> Before he got kicked off the team, he's there. Yeah, he's he there. kicked off the team? He got kicked off the U of O team for things. That we probably shouldn't uh, get into on the show. Uh, that I don't, uh, okay. don't want to get into uh, right now. Just because I oh, like yep. Damian Dotson somewhat. And like so it, on but... that terrific note. <laughs> and on that note, that's a great way to end the episode. Wow. Um, Suhail, thank you so much for coming on. It was fun. We'll have to get Sorry you on again. I the episode too long. Appreciate Dude, you though. It's okay. Anytime, anytime, man. And no worries about the long episode. But everybody go out there. I hope because this will air tomorrow. Hopefully everybody had a good Halloween. I know I'm gonna be sitting in my hot tub with like two of my buddies doing nothing. So yeah, that's my plans. But Sam? I don't Man. know if I'd say it's a pleasure, but it's something as always. It's something as always, buddy. <laughs> this was fun. This is super fun. This, this was a good um, episode. All right, everybody have a great week and do something with your life since there's no basketball. Go listen to a new podcast. It could be this one. You could listen to this one again. There's more, uh, there's more episodes to listen to. But have a good week, everybody.